You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. So sports may be hard to come by at the moment. Nothing's permanent. I'm not saying it's permanent. But the Dan Patrick Show is impossible to miss. From our podcast to YouTube to the iHeartRadio app. Listen any way you want, anytime, anywhere. <coughs> Get away from me. Probably at your house. I'm just going to make some assumptions. Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. NFL teams think Cowboys have, quote, unfair draft advantage. Jerry and his son Stephen Jones get to be together in the same home on draft day. Bringing you the best in sports talk, no matter where you are. It feels like teams are building in excuses if they screw up their draft pick. Never would I ever think that somebody would say Jerry Jones and his son in the same room in their home is an unfair advantage. Well, being in your own home is one kind of an advantage. Jim Nance, lead play-by-play voice of the Masters. Now, I've, you know what I've done? I've shut myself out. I've locked myself out of my home. <laughs> I was trying to go back to my office. Broadcasting live from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Uh, made it to a Friday, a meet Friday at that. I think kielbasa and sauerkraut is on the menu. Executive decision by yours truly. Welcome to the program. Gang's all here, either uh, in front of me or via remote. We've been doing this remote stuff for a while now. Fritzy at home, McLevin at home, Seton at home, and Pauly is right here in front of me. If you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, if Marvin decides to check them, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle, if Marvin decides to check that, at DP Show. And uh, we say good morning to our radio partners and, of course, YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Free to watch all three hours. Coming up, the great voice of Sunday Night Football, Al Michaels. We'll also talk to the former Oregon quarterback, Justin Herbert, and Brian Cranston, who was Walter White in Breaking Bad, will join us coming up as well. Come up with a poll question, got a play of the day, a stat of the day or two. But uh, we start with UFC 249. After holding out as long as they could, UFC 249 has been canceled for this weekend. UFC President Dana White said it wasn't his decision. This went up the totem pole. Disney and ESPN, they're in business with UFC. They decided to pull the plug. Also, you had the governor of California, who also probably was the one who kickstarted this. Dana White has always been aggressive, in your face. That style's made him a lot of money and grown his sport to incredible heights, but It's an attitude that's not playing well right now. I'm sure MMA fans would be thrilled to watch an event right now. I don't even follow the sport, and I'd be thrilled to watch a live sporting event. But safety is paramount here. Whether you're on an island or an Indian reservation or wherever he was going to be able to hold this, and I still think eventually they're going to be holding some events here soon. But like the UFC, the NFL is used to doing what it wants to do. In this case, it's probably okay because the draft is being held virtually. But sports leagues in general are going to have to wake up to a new reality. Whether we like it or not, the old way of doing things has changed, at least for now. But that means even Dana White will have to be patient. That's something he is not very good at. And a lot of these commissioners aren't. And fans aren't. And coaches aren't. And athletes aren't. But... It's uh, the new normal, as we like to say, and UFC 249 is not going to go on as scheduled. Here is Dana White talking about who told him that he can't hold this event. Today we got a call 
from the highest level you can go at Disney mm-hmm. and the highest level uh, of, of ESPN. And the powers that be there asked me to stand down mm-hmm. and not do this event next Saturday. Ask him. <laughs> they may have told him to stand down, but look, it's semantics. I used to work there. I don't think they ask. They sort of tell you. Here is uh, Dana White talking about the sport and when he thinks it'll be back. All of my employees, nobody's getting laid off at the UFC. Everybody's good. Mm-hmm. We will be the first um, sport back. Fight Island is real. It's a real thing. The infrastructure is being built right now, and uh, that's really going to happen, and it will be on ESPN. I don't know if it'll be something great or the Fire Festival. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know because it can't be somewhere in between. I think it's either going to be great, successful. I got to get Jeff Probst to host this, right? Fight Island? Joe Rogan hosting it? Fight it. Welcome to Fight Island. Oh, we're gold here. Yeah. And I think it can work. And I could, I mean, he nearly pulled this off. And maybe they are the first sport to come back. I would have thought golf would be, but maybe this is the first sport to come back. All right. A couple other things. The Rams, uh, I had gotten wind of this I, probably three weeks ago. Maybe I don't even know the time frame anymore. Maybe a month ago that they were going to unload Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks. Well, they got Gurley uh, to go to Atlanta, and uh, we got Brandon Cooks now with the Texans. So I'm looking at the Texans and what they're doing, and look, I know nobody is on Bill O'Brien's side with what he's done after DeAndre Hopkins, some of the other moves that he's made. But I will say, if he gets this right, is anybody going to give him credit? Because he traded DeAndre Hopkins, who, from what I was told by a source, they were trading him this offseason because DeAndre Hopkins wanted 18 to $20 million. And Bill O'Brien, I think, had run out of patience with dealing with DeAndre Hopkins. This is just from what I was told. They were trading him. Now, I would have thought you could have gotten something like a first-round draft pick in return. But you didn't. Brandon Cooks, you take him. The Rams made a mistake. I think if you look at the money they paid him, Brandon Cooks had a pretty good track record because he is one of six players in NFL history to have 1,000-yard receiving seasons for three different teams. So the Saints, Patriots, and Rams. I feel like he's a concussion away from really putting his career in jeopardy. At times, he can be a wonderful player. He wasn't that great last season with the Rams. Uh, Had one of the biggest decreases in number of yards from one season to the next. He went from 1,200 yards down to 583. But now you go to the Texans. So you got Randall Cobb and Will Fuller. Okay. But you lose DeAndre Hopkins, and you don't get a first-round draft pick in return. Because if you did get that, now all of a sudden, you're going, you could get a great wide receiver. Then I don't need to do this with Brandon Cooks. Or I don't need to spend that money with Randall Cobb. But they didn't. And, you know, I'm not sure what the, you know, the Rams needed to get rid of him, but he's going to cost them about $21 million in dead cap money. It was just, it didn't work out. They went all in to win a Super Bowl and they're paying the price, literally paying the price for that. And they've taken a couple of steps back because you got the Niners now, class of the division. Seattle's better than the Rams. And Arizona's coming. I mean, you put Fitzgerald and Hopkins in there, and Kyler had a great year, kind of a under-the-radar year. 
you know, they make some smart moves here coming up. Arizona's on your heels here. And the Rams, now you got to decide who are we? What are we? Because you got a quarterback. Are you all in on Jared Goff being your franchise quarterback? You're paying him, but what kind of what kind of team do you have here? And now you get Brandon Cooks to the Texans. Maybe the Tex I look at Bill O'Brien and I say, I don't think he's a very good GM. And because of that, he might not be a good coach because of the moves he makes as a general manager. It feels like he overpays for a lot of things or doesn't get value in return. But he does win his division. Like he's one of those guys. He's like Jason Garrett. You win just enough where you go, eh, we can't fire him. Like Bill O'Brien, I think, has won his division all but one year that he's been there. I think he's been there six years. Yeah, Paul. Is there any chance Bill O'Brien knows what he's doing? Like a year from now when he, we discuss Okay. It. He, he has to know what he's doing, right? Because he was with the Patriots, and everybody who was with the Patriots is smarter than everybody else. Oh, that's right. They're not when they leave. Um, I, I just don't know what he's doing as a G. I don't want my coach to be a GM. I, I don't. But I think that's part of the problem with, you know, he's coaching what he's also making decisions on. And, and that, would, that would make me nervous here. As Sean Salisbury, our good friend of the show, uh, who uh, lives and works in Houston, Bill O'Brien has become the fire hydrant of the NFL. Unless he, unless he somehow pulls this off. But I, I saw that move. I wasn't surprised Brandon Cooks was traded. I'm always curious about what are you getting in return? You get a second round pick in return. Okay. But that was a move. That was a financial move. And now the Texans are going to be paying that contract as well. You're eventually going to have to pay Deshaun Watson at least $35 million a year. And then that's going to get interesting as well because they don't have the benefit of Kansas City, what Kansas City has. Kansas City hasn't paid Patrick Mahomes. They've won a Super Bowl, and you still have these skilled position players. It's when you pay Patrick Mahomes, that's when you're going to start to lose players. You know, the beauty of having a rookie contract on your quarterback is you get a window of opportunity. And that's why the Bears haven't capitalized on the window of opportunity with Mitchell Trubisky. The Giants with Daniel Jones, can you capitalize on the window of opportunity? Uh, Arizona with Kyler Murray. Browns with Baker Mayfield. You know, the window is closing in Cleveland. Like, this is their make-or-break year in Cleveland. Arizona, they're probably a year away from one of those, is this the year? But, you, you know, you got a three- or four-year window where you can build something here. And you're eventually going to have to pay Deshaun Watson soon. Dallas, same way. Dallas is going to – you're going to pay Dak Prescott $35 million, And then all of a sudden you're going to lose some of these players that you were bringing in. You know, Jerry's still trying to go all in this year. You bring back Amari Cooper. But, you know, this is, this is the real dilemma that some of these coaches have. And Bill O'Brien's got to be looking at this. I, I need to win more than just my division. But he's done that so far. All right. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. We'll come up with a poll question, I believe, McLovin. Do you have that for me? Well, I was wondering, what constitutes a successful season for the Texans? Mm. Winning the division, getting the conference title game, or getting to the Super Bowl? I think eventually you have to have a Super Bowl appearance. But I, I think winning the division is no longer the litmus test of, hey, we had a successful season. If I'm a Houston Texans fan, I'm going... Okay, we expect to win the division. 
it hasn't really been a great division. You know, the Colts are good. We're going to find out if Phillip Rivers is a great addition there. Uh, Jacksonville, we have no idea who Jacksonville is. Now, you start to look at that division, you start to handicap that division and say, all right, is it that tough to win the division? Now can we be a formidable team once we get to the postseason? At least Jacksonville went to the AFC title game a couple of years ago. That's what I think has to happen with this team over the next two years. Yeah, McLevin. Follow-up question. If you're Deshaun Watson, do you resign there or do you want to become a free agent and explore another team at some point? I don't know. Like, I, I would want to know what's going to happen this next year. I somehow get the feeling Deshaun Watson will not be there for his next contract. <laughs> yeah, but that that's just my gut feeling there. I have no insight whatsoever, which is normally the case with me. This program is brought to you by LegalZoom. No matter what happens, you want to make sure your loved ones are taken care of. That's why LegalZoom has made it easy to set up the right estate plan. You don't have to leave your home taking care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. I had a couple of things. The continued uh, rise and fall of Tua Tonga-Vailoa continued yesterday. Now you heard, you know, what happens is it's almost a game of tennis or ping pong. It's like, Back to you, and I'm going to say some negative things. Doctors reporting yesterday, hey, he could play right now. He's healthy. Trent Dilfer, former NFL quarterback, working out uh, in seclusion with Tua, says he could play right now. Uh, he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay. This is what happens. It's, it's the uh, battle of information. You know, Mike Lombardi, who spent uh, you know, years in the front office for a couple of NFL teams, he had a podcast where he said Tua has flunked two physicals. You're getting the information out there, and then it's being batted back, and then Tua's side is like, hey, we got to get some information out. That's the timing of the Washington Post article with Trent Dilfer talking about Tua. I, it was all about the timing, because now we're starting to believe Tua's damaged goods. Tua's brittle. Put out a video. Trent Dilfer says it's like Rocky Four, where Rocky, you know, goes into seclusion, taking on Ivan Drago. Is he in the Ukraine in a log cabin by himself? Like that was the analogy that Trent Dilfer is making. Two is ready, and he's coming. This is Rocky Four, and now you're going to have some people who come back the other side and say there's more information about Tua, but this is what happens. You know, it happens every draft with these quarterbacks. You start to nitpick, you nitpick. You know, we nitpick Joe Burrow. I raised my hand, yours truly. I did it too. When he came on with us at the Super Bowl, I didn't think that he wanted to go to Cincinnati. And I think subsequent comments by him and his camp, I don't think he wanted to go there. This whole Ohio thing, he's from Athens, Ohio, which is nowhere near Cincinnati. And he moved around a lot. But this isn't one of those where I, I don't think that Joe Burrow was going to draw a line in the sand and go, I'm going to be Eli Manning, the next Eli Manning. I think I think generally, genuinely, he didn't want to go to Cincinnati because if you're a quarterback going to a bad team, it's going to take you longer to be successful. The, the, you know, Patrick Mahomes, if he's in Cincinnati, is a novelty. He's good. He's interesting. He's not Patrick Mahomes. I hate to break that to you. He's not. He's got Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, and he's got Andy Reid. And he's got a good offensive line. If you give – Joe Burrow won't have that. Uh, 
you know, Kyler Murray going into that situation, Daniel Jones going into that situation. If Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes have succeeded, Dak Prescott succeeded because of where, who drafted them and when they drafted them. If you go up top, it's going to take you three. Joe Burrow is going to have struggles for at least two years, maybe longer. Tua might have struggles, but it feels like the Dolphins have a little bit better infrastructure than the Cincinnati Bengals do right now. Justin Herbert, who will join us later, going to the Chargers might be a great thing. I got weapons there. I don't know why my voice went up that high. You got weapons there. But, I, I mean, that would be a great situation to go to. It's some of these other teams where you go, you know, we may, you know Baker Mayfield may get swallowed up by all of this. He went number one to a bad franchise. They got talent, and they should be a playoff team this year. And if they're not, then I think Cleveland is going to start to look at what is plan B here. If it comes down to Baker is not great. But, you know, these are the things that are happening here. And uh, Trent Dilfer was very strong in what he was saying about, you know, Tua and Tua is ready to play. The Texans are the only current franchise that has never reached a conference championship game. Yeah, just just throwing that out there, but maybe Bill O'Brien pulled this off. Maybe, maybe he's got a better team, got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't know. He has to, he had to have a great football IQ to get the job, right? Like he, he has to, I think it's just the, the GM moves sometimes are puzzling there. All right. Well, uh, come up with a poll question. We'll take a break, and then we'll come up with a poll question. Uh, vote on the Meet Friday songs. We're down to uh, the Elite Eight. And uh, let me see. Anything else that I need to mention here? We got the kielbasa and sauerkraut. Anything else? Am I leaving out anything? Paulie? I'm hearing rumblings of something. In, what? what? In, in the uh, Danette stratosphere. I'm hearing rumblings of a one-line against the grain later this hour. Oh, my God. And it <laughs> it is... Hot, 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 hot. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Hey, McLovin has a one line. I, I'm, that's what I'm hearing. Green. Yes, McLovin. So I might have sent a note to Polly with an opinion that I said, this is, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to go public with this. And you know how Polly works. Okay. Well, then immediately he's like, we got to go public. Cheese it. Cheese it. Okay. Yeah, Polly. Dan, you know my policy. If you tell me oh, something, yeah. it's going on the air. <laughs> if you ask me not to bring it up on the air once, it's still going on the air. If you ask me a second time not to bring it up on the air, then I will not bring it up on the air. Uh, also, I have some uh, intel on Justin Herbert from uh, my NFL source yesterday. He heard that we were going to have Justin Herbert on, and I'll give you uh, some of his thoughts. Also, his thoughts on Tua, all this information that's out there um, and how risky that pick is. I said it yesterday. I firmly believe it. The Dolphins or the Chargers or maybe a mystery team will have to weigh the fear of taking him and the fear of passing on Tua. 19 after the hour, just getting started on this Friday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Paulie's wearing the Tampa Bay t-shirt. Looks good. 
Also, the Beer Here t-shirt, helping uh, hourly and service industry workers who have been impacted by the pandemic. Go to danpatrick.com to check those out. All right, McLovin, give me your one line against the grain. Okay, hot prediction. I think the Rams win the NFC West. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm pushing it a little bit there, but I, I see a path to them not falling apart quite as bad because they, Cooper Cup will be healthier. Their tight end, Gerald Everett's awesome. They have that kid, Josh Reynolds, is awesome. Okay. They still have all the weapons from that good team. And I'm kind of saying this more as a fan, but why can't they be the team from two years ago with Sean McVay? And they still have Aaron Donald on defense. Maybe I'm getting too into the names, but you, you yourself convinced me that Cooks was uh, kind of risky at this point, that they didn't lose that much in him. No, they they had to pay money to get rid of him. So th- that yeah. was the only thing that they're already salary cap strapped. Yeah. And Brandon Cooks didn't help that. You know, you get rid of Gurley. You know, Gurley make made you the Super Bowl team. He he was that guy who has an MVP like season. Uh, Cooper Cup is really talented, but you know, is he standalone? You got Robert Woods. You know, I think it comes back to is Jared Goff going to take that next step? And, and if he does, then okay, you can challenge for that division. Seattle's going to be good again, and San Francisco should be good, although there's always that Super Bowl curse when you lose the Super Bowl that you don't even make the playoffs the next year. But um, I, I would bet against you with the Rams winning the division. Oh, I know. It's a, it's a risk. But I, I was thinking the same thing. The uh, Super Bowl jinx with the 49ers. Aren't the Seahawks, isn't the Seahawks core going to get old at some point? They're losing to Davion Clowney. How do they keep doing this? As long as Russell Wilson is there, it just feels like they somehow find a way to win. They, I don't know. That's why I think he's as valuable to his team as any other player in the NFL. Yeah, Paul. I think this is a pretty hot take because it seems like everyone is off the Rams. Oh, it's I mean, a very hot take. Deeply off the Rams. Yeah. It's like they've they had their moment and then they're, re, not. I don't know if it's rebuilding, but uh, dismantling some of the elements they had. Well, Gurley, Clay Matthews, I mean, losing Clay Matthews is not a big loss. Gurley, they had to get rid of. But are you going, what kind of team are you? Because they, they went all in on bringing in those defensive backs. You know, they, 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 they went all in. I give them credit. They went all in to try to win a Super Bowl. But, you know, now you pay the price for a couple of years. Yeah, McLevin. I had almost forgotten. I just read an article in the break that they lost Tlaib and Sue. You forgot how much talent that Super Bowl team had that's not there now. But I don't get why the Sean McVay star has fallen so quickly. Can he out-scheme these guys to some extent? Well, he's going to have to. He's going to have to. I think because of what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, that offense was non-threatening and his star fell dramatically. And I think because of that, now he's going to, you know, now, now he's not the best offensive mind in his own division. We look at Kyle Shanahan as maybe being, you know, maybe a better offensive mind. But that's the way it works in the NFL. It's, you know, flavor of the month. There are 12 active NFL head coaches who have been with their current team for at least 50 regular season games. 11 of those 12 reached a conference championship game with their current team. The only exception is Bill O'Brien. This feels like pick on Bill O'Brien day, and it's not. You know, it's like maybe pick on Bill O'Brien hour, but that's it. Feels like that's a stat of the day, but you know, apparently somebody's sleep at the wheel. Stat of the day. David in Houston joins us. Hi, David. 
Hi, Dan. First time caller. I'm 69 years old. Came to Houston 42 years ago, just in time for Earl Campbell and the fabulous Houston Oilers. Yeah. But when when Bud Adams left town, though, I kind of became a New England fan. I've never been able to get fully invested in the in the Houston Texans. Why is that? Well, I yeah, they just don't seem to be able to have it all together. I was a big admirer of J.J. Watts when he was a freshman. I said, God, this guy's going to be good. But uh, they just never seem to have all the linemen they need or all the receivers healthy or it's always something. Yeah, and I just wonder, you know, like the Laramie Tunsil deal, they needed a tackle, a left tackle. Thanks for the phone call, David. But you gave up too much for Laramie Tunsil. And then, you know, you're, you're paying J.J. Watt that kind of money, and then he gets injured, which you can't control. The DeAndre Hopkins situation, at least get a first-round draft pick. Have you seen a list of guys who – their teams receive first-round draft picks in return for trading them, McLovin? Well, Khalil Mack jumps to mind, but no, that's a great idea. Dan, can I ask a question? Why not pay $18 million for DeAndre Hopkins? Is that a t- too much for a guy that talented? I, I don't know if there, it was a personality clash as well, that he had three years left on his deal. Now, I have a problem with that. You know, if you have two years, okay, maybe we can discuss that. One year, obviously. He had three years. Top single season dead cap hits. This is all time. Say hello to your winner. Brandon Cooks at $21.8 million. Antonio Brown is there. Jamarcus Russell with Oakland. Nick Foles with Jacksonville. Ryan Tannehill with Miami. And Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. But, uh... Brandon Cooks, that dead money for the Rams this year. Yes, Pauling. Recent players traded for a first round or multiple first round picks. Khalil Mack, Laramie Tunsil, defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, defensive back Jalen Ramsey. No, I'm looking at wide receivers. Oh, wide receivers? Yeah. Uh, Stefan Diggs. They got a okay, first. if you get a first round for Stefan Diggs, then you're certainly getting a first rounder for DeAndre Hopkins. That's fair. Right. Yeah. Brandon Cooks, they got a second for. So DeAndre Hopkins and Brandon Cooks, a little bit similar uh, value. Yeah, McLovin. Did the Patriots get a first for Brandon Cooks too? Like 31st I, I, pick yeah. in the draft? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The Texans, that makes the Texans look worse. Yes. Just get a first-round draft pick. That's all. That, and I would have been okay with it. You know, I wasn't completely sold on it because DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he's top five. He's a top five receiver. But I think this was a personality clash from what I'm told. All right. Uh, I, got, I, did, uh, I did some work when we got done with the show yesterday. And uh, too easy there. I uh, reached out to one of my sources. I know you guys hate hearing that, but I want to let you know that I, I'm getting this from people that I value. And just so you know, it's not like I'm hearing. No, I'm actually talking to people who do this for a living. So I, I don't try to hide behind you know i'm hearing if i have something i feel like is legitimate that is you know that i can back up with somebody talking to me then i i reach out to them uh my nfl source said this about justin herbert he's the beneficiary of the current state four-year player at oregon who most teams had full reports on after his junior season because they thought he was coming out had a good senior year, wins the uh, Pac-12, Rose Bowl, goes to the Senior Bowl, good week, follows that up, good combine. And his pro day is one of the last ones before everything got shut down. He checks all the boxes and is safe but not sexy choice. It's all about the physical with Tua. 
goes on to say, because I, I somebody is going to do something different in this draft with a quarterback. And he said, New England's not going to go up into the first round, but New England has a quarterback to draft. Possibilities are Nate Stanley from Iowa, but he'd be late. Smart and big. Bill Belichick and Kirk Ferentz are close. Both father and son work for Belichick. The other quarterback to keep an eye on for the Patriots is Jacob Eason, who has the best arm in the draft. He's like Drew Bledsoe. Intangibles, a huge question, and he was not good when interviewed at the Combine. Keep in mind, the Patriots drafted Ryan Mallett, who didn't have a glossy history, so it's possible he's on their board. I then follow up with my source, and I say, it seems like Tua's side is trying to put out fires. And my source says, Tua could go third or 23rd in this draft. (laughs) So... Some good stuff there. Now, that's just one person's opinion who's involved in the process here. Has no agenda whatsoever. None. He gives me the honest truth. You know, everything he's told me, it's come to fruition. It's like, you know, when I I talked to him the other day when I said, uh, what are you hearing about the draft? He said, well, you know, Pittsburgh's trying to extend it for three rounds. He said, no, I haven't heard that. He goes, yeah, I, I don't know if it'll come out today or tomorrow. Well, the New York Daily News had it the next day. I mentioned it on the show, and it's like, he knows what's going on. He's the one who said Baker Mayfield is going number one to the Cleveland Browns. And I came in that Monday, and the Danettes about fell out of their chair. I said, I know. Make sure you've got your seatbelt on. Baker Mayfield's going number one with the Cleveland Browns. So the information is good. And uh, that's why I tried to share as much as possible. Paul in Ohio joins us. Hi, Paul. What do you have for me today? Hey, buddy. What's going on? No. I wish I was cooking in jerky right now, bud. No. I got a take on uh, the Rams (laughs) for you, and I'm going McLovin's way. Because they've got tons of receivers in this draft. They had to get rid of Gurley. I mean, it was was just a bad situation all around. And his mid-round draft picks have been hitting. You know, they, he threw a lot of kids in there that due to injury last year, and they paid off. And actually, they were only a doink away from making the playoffs last year at 10-6. and six. I'm willing to put up a shower of shame on this one, buddy. They'll make the playoffs. No, no, no. Will they win the division there, Paul? Oh, well, win the division. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying make the playoffs. No, man. no, this is winning. The, McLovin said the Rams are winning the division. By the way, kudos to McLovin, man. He's on fire. Wow. So are you there, Paul. <laughs> have a good weekend. McLovin, somebody complimented you. Well, I have to admit, I was aware of our market share in L.A. when I came up with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> because you are Mr. L.A. Oh, look at the tan on Zoom. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you're looking good. Looking good there. All right. Uh, I saw this from Terry Bradshaw. Uh, Terry was on a radio show, uh, The Cook and Joe Show, 93.7 The Fan. And uh, he had this to say. Uh, he was asked about, I don't know, I'm assuming that show is in Pittsburgh. I, I'm not familiar with that, but I wanted to make sure I give them credit for having uh, Terry on. Here's Terry Bradshaw talking about Tom Brady is not the greatest quarterback ever. First of all, I don't think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, it's hard to say He's, he may be the, the best quarterback we've had in the last 30 years. Is he better than Stallback? No. 
Is he better than Dan Fouts? No. Dan Marino? No. I'm talking talent-wise when you put all of it together. Does he have more Super Bowls than anybody? Yes. Therefore, he's, he's the best. And I, 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 I absolutely have no problem saying if you've got the most Super Bowls and he's done it, you can be in there. But I don't put anybody as the greatest of all time. I would never do that. All right. So we're just talking about not your resume as much as your physical traits there. So it's it's an argument that you're not able to win and probably not able to lose because you can say, well, Aaron Rodgers is as talented as anybody who's ever played the position. Terry Bradshaw is as talented as anybody who's ever played the position. He was a great athlete. But that was courtesy of the Cook and Joe show, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. You know, Dan Fouts is wonderful. I mean, all these guys are. Uh, and, and this is the danger when you get into this discussion. Now, all of a sudden, I start to bring somebody down to then elevate Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not the most athletic quarterback. His physical traits, all of the No, he would not be in the uh, top 70 percentile. But he's the best at this job. I don't know who's better at doing their job. If if the goal is to win championships, then no, there's nobody better at that position. Now, is he a better quarterback than Joe Montana? No. Like if you just said, you know, what Joe does, the physical traits, the skill, the clutch, uh, is he better than John Elway? No. But if we're looking at resume, and this is how we ju- – I didn't make up the rules. Somebody made up or, you know – we all decided, hey, you got the most Super Bowls. That means you're somehow better than everybody else. What if Adam Vinatieri doesn't make those clutch kicks? What if Brady is 3-6 and six in the Super Bowl? What if he is LeBron-like? Got there, didn't win. This is why LeBron can't be the best player of all time. Mike never lost. 6-0. and oh. What if LeBron had seven NBA titles? Then we got a real discussion there. What if Montana was six and zero, no losses, and Brady was six and three? Who's the greatest quarterback of all time? Well, Tom went there nine times. See, that's why it's semantics with this. There, Jamarcus Russell had as much talent as anybody who's ever played quarterback. He just, I don't think, cared at being great. I think he was great in college, and then that was it. There have been unbelievable talents playing that. Randall Cunningham is as talented as anybody who ever played that position. I mean, the guy once punted 80 yards, I think, maybe 90 yards. He's, I think he's up there for one of the longest punts in NFL history. And he was incredibly athletic. But the, the position is not about athleticism you got to be able to throw the ball. They all can throw the ball. Now, it's what do you do when you have to do something? What do you do when you get knocked down? What do you do after you've thrown a pick six? That's what separates good from great, great from Hall of Famers. And that's what Brady was able to do. It's an interesting discussion, but it's, it's not one of those where you go, I got the right answer. Roger Staubach was one of my favorite quarterbacks. And I hated the Cowboys. That's how much I, I loved Roger Staubach and I wanted him to do well and I wanted the Cowboys to lose. Imagine that when you're watching them play. 
he was as athletic as anybody who ever. Roger Staubach in today's game, whew, that would be a sight to see because he was incredibly, incredibly athletic. But, he, you know, we have, we have a lot of these quarterbacks there. We're lucky that we have a lot of these great quarterbacks. And we're just getting started with this next wave of new quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, and changing the game. But that was Terry Bradshaw's opinion on uh, Tom Brady. And, look, if he thinks Dan Fouts is a more talented quarterback, that's fine. That's Terry's opinion. We'll take a break here. Got our play of the day. And uh, more phone calls coming up right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Great things out of Tiger and just the slow roll and even where it had the Nike swoosh right there on camera. If, if you said, hey, we got product placement here, we're going to have the golf ball stop right on the edge of the hole, there's the Nike swoosh, and then disappear into the hole. Our play of the day, play of the day brought to you by LegalZoom. No matter what happens, you want to take care of your loved ones, and that's why LegalZoom has made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Uh, McLovin, what poll question were we getting? Oh, by the way, I found out Randall Cunningham had a punt that went 91 yards. I believe the longest punt in NFL history back in 1989. That was against the Giants at Giants Stadium. Just an idea of, another idea of what Randall Cunningham was capable of doing. What poll question are we going with, okay. Week 11? We have two quick options here. Do you want to go with the Tom Brady talent question? Has he ever been a top three most talented quarterback in the NFL? Or could we go with Tua mm. and switch in that direction? Is it a bigger risk to take Tua? Or is it a bigger risk to pass on him if you're a top five NFL team in the draft. I don't want to get into the Brady, how talented he is, because, I mean, the brain is so important at that position. You know, how strong you are, how smart you are, processing information. And, you know, is that a talent? Is that, you know, a character trait? Is that athleticism? I don't want to get into the semantics there. Uh, I would do the Tua. Do you think... Do you think teams are have a bigger fear of taking him or not taking him? Like, if you're on the clock, either take him or you don't take him. And I want to know which, which you know, fear. Did I, I mean, Trent Dilfer said that Tua throws better than Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers. I understand the hype machine is in full force, and he's been employed by Tua's side of this to get him ready for the draft. Let's wait until Tua plays in the NFL, okay? Does he throw better than Dan Marino? No, because I saw Dan Marino do it in the NFL. Does he throw better than Aaron Rodgers? No, because I've seen Aaron Rodgers do it in the NFL. If Tua does some fun things in the NFL, exciting things, if he wins an MVP, if he throws 48 touchdown passes his second year in the NFL like Marino did, but let's... Let's see. Let's slow down here a little bit. Two is a wonderful player. Be a great face for a franchise. The only question here is his health, in my opinion. His health. And that's a big question. You can tell me all the other stuff he throws like Marino, uh, but he's not going to be playing for a couple of years because he's hurt again. Hey, he throws better than throw another name out there. 
Dan Marino, Aaron Rodgers. Is he playing? Is he playing well? There are a lot of guys who can throw well. Hell, I can shoot. That doesn't mean I can play. It's, can you do it in the NFL? Trent Dilfer was an unbelievable college quarterback. He was an average NFL quarterback. He could throw, make all the throws. It's different when you're in the line of fire in the NFL and you don't have an all-pro line at Alabama or two receivers who are going in the top 15. I mean, let's just be, be fair to the kid. He, he's very good. He's very talented. And he seems to be a wonderful kid. But let, let's let this play out so he can develop. Not going in with, hey, you're going to the Dolphins. You're, you throw it better than Dan Marino. Yeah, Paul. With this poll question, with Tua, it really depends on which team I was. If I'm the L.A. Chargers and he's there, grab him. They need buzz. They need a star. They're in the perfect position with the bridge quarterback and Taylor. They don't have to play him immediately, blah, blah, blah. And, and if they whiff on him, if it doesn't work out, okay. But if they whiff on him by passing and he becomes a star elsewhere while you're still searching, that would be terrible. But the Dolphins are in the same situation. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's your bridge quarterback. And it doesn't, it doesn't bankrupt your franchise if you take the quarterback and he doesn't work out. Because probably the only thing that will happen with Tua is if he doesn't work out, this is going to be medically related. I, I don't th- think the physical part of him being the actual quarterback is going to be the issue. By all accounts, he's wonderfully accurate, great touch. The negative, the only real negative, well, well two negatives. Size-wise, and also... When he needed help, he was bailed out by two first-round draft picks. All right, coming up, Brian Cranston. Mr. Breaking Bad will join us. Justin Herbert will join us coming up in the final hour. And Al Michaels from NBC Sports. Also, more of your phone calls on this Meet Friday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show.